Hey friends, this is the Camus. Summer edition. Summer edition. Rubes, welcome back. Welcome back, mate. Thanks for me. It's a nice, warm, hot day for us to record this. It is Wednesday, July 14. And for the next 10 weeks, Rubes, what are we doing? We are doing a weekly pod that's going to recap the week's events. 20 minutes, but the four or five or three most interesting things that have happened. Yeah, the things that you've not been able to keep up on because you're too busy at the beach. Which, that'd be a nice place to be right now. It would be a nice place to be. Let's hope that you, the person listening, is listening to this at the beach. On our first pod of the summer, we are talking about Haiti and the president's assassination. We're also going to be touching on Diddy and China's crackdown on essentially investment. And that's not P. Diddy, right? That's not, well, we should do one on P. Diddy maybe later on. What else are we talking about, Adam? We're going to talk a little bit about sport just because there seems to be so much sport It's a heavy week for sport. Heavy week. It's a big week. Lots going on. And also why this week's a little different in the space race. Richard Branson went to space on Sunday and there's some interesting stuff around If you're a billionaire, you're not in space. Who are you? Who are you? So let's kick off with uh, Haiti. So on the 7th of July, that was last Wednesday, under the cover of darkness, the president of Haiti, Jovenel Moise, was assassinated. While he was asleep at his home in Port-au-Prince, his wife also sustained injuries, but she's actually okay. She's in a hospital in Florida, which probably is a little bit of a mild upgrade from being assassinated. Now, assassinations are murky at the best of times, and this one's starting to read like one of those novels that you're murder mysteries that you get on a plane but you never actually end up reading so <laughs> the official story is that a way to, way to be glib about the assassination i know, of the I know. It, is, yeah. it is i'm not sure if it's the right way to take an assassination but which what is the right way the official story adam is that a group of about a dozen mercenaries stormed his house pretended to be the dea and shot the president what wait they pretended to be an american agency the drug enforcement agency correct in haiti Correct. Apparently, there are some details that, uh, there's some reports rather that his detail waves the assassins on through. But that's a little bit murky now as well. Oh, his security detail. Correct. They just kind of waved him on through. The first thought I had when I saw the headline, Haitian president assassinated was, how did it happen? Like, how do you get past presidential security? And it sounds like maybe they're in on it. His guard dogs and his guards were at the sleep at the wheel. So the Haitian police actually arrested a man. Uh, his name is Christian Emmanuel Sanon. And he flew into Haiti from the US on a private plane just before the assassination. And they found at his house a box full of replica DEA hats, guns, and a number of license, pl- license plates and a bunch of correspondence. Now, I'll be honest. I think if you just have hats that say DEA, probably not doesn't mean you're an assassin it just means that you're the same guy that has a shirt that says fbi yeah and we we all we've all had an fbi shirt in our lifetimes yeah that alone doesn't make you an assassin the bullets the guns and the number plates that probably makes you an assassin mastermind so the hit squad also had 28 people and two of those were u.s citizens as one guy called james solange he was a u.s citizen the police have got him in custody as well here's the crazy thing that guy has told police that he took the job thinking that he was going to be a translator and he found a job advert online and took the job turns out not a translator part of an assassin squad online advert yeah as craigslist jobs go this is pretty bad (laughs) do you imagine if it was fucking craigslist yeah i mean it's not probably not the worst job on craigslist but top five definitely there's so much to unpack here because 
They're pretending to be DA agents. There was 28 of them. There's private jets flying from the US. There's Craigslist ads. Like I've actually been watching a lot of Tom Clancy. Like I watched that Michael B. Jordan movie Without Remorse and I like Jack Ryan. So many thoughts are going through my head right now about the US's involvement in this. This is definitely some US involvement. Now, I guess where it becomes a bit clearer is that this guy, Christian Emmanuel Sanon, is a doctor out of Florida, but also a guy that has lots of business interests in Haiti. And he's got a lot of business partners who, under the Moyes administration, so this guy, the, the president who got assassinated, Jovenel Moyes, is taking a pretty hardline stance with businesses. He's nationalized uh, electricity companies. He's nationalized a lot of things, has taken a lot of money out of people's pockets and taken a lot of money out of people's pockets who are quite influential. So there's definitely a view that this was a contract killing from a bunch of people who had vested interests. As with all these assassinations, there's still a lot of things to shake out. Until then, Haiti's currently kind of left with a bit of a power void, uh, with a lot of sort of contenders vying for the job of president. Haiti's legislators now have recognized a guy called Joseph Lambert to be the provisional president, and he used to be the head of the Senate there. Yeah, wow. Not a great way to go for Jovenel Moyes. I think one thing's definitely for certain. Craigslist is still the worst place to get a job. (laughs) I like how that guy thought he signed up for a job to be a translator, but he ended up helping assassinate a president. Also, terrible excuse. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty certain you know you're not a translator when you show up at 1am at some guy's house with a bunch of mercenaries from Colombia. Incredible. Maybe he really was a translator, though. Maybe he was just genuinely there to help, like, point directions. Either way, he's going to have a tough time of it. It'd be interesting to see if anything more comes out in the coming weeks or months, any sort of backroom detail. Oh, definitely will. I think there's definitely a lot of people involved here, but you may never ever hear about them as well. Yeah, crazy. What's going with China and China cracking down on all this US investment? So Diddy, not P. Diddy. Diddy is a ride-hailing firm, which is effectively the Uber of China. They are massive. I think this year they said there are almost 500 million annual users and 15 million drivers in 15 countries. Every time I hear of China's companies, I forget how big China is. Gigantic. Even a moderately successful company is in the hundreds of millions of users. Yeah. So even though I said they're in 15 countries, they're predominantly, they made 90% of their profit in China. So that half a billion users is mostly Chinese. Anyway, giant version of Chinese Uber. They went public a couple of weeks ago in the US, which Chinese companies are want to do when they want to make some cash. They were valued at $68 billion when they IPO'd. And I think they raised about $4 billion in US markets and in money off of US investors. Fine. Sure. No problem. Then what ended up happening, literally just- How many billions of that was your money? You know what? Jim Cramer, mad money was like, you have my blessing to invest in Diddy, put as much money in it as you can. Well, let me tell you something. The guy was wrong and we'll get to there. Why? I didn't put any money in. What happened just days after Diddy listed, after the IPO on the stock exchange, the New York Stock Exchange, China's cyberspace regulator launched a probe into the company and basically told Diddy, stop registering new users. And they cited national security and the public interest in China as part of this probe, right? In that moment, it was roughly one-fifth of the value of the company was shaved off after this announcement. And everyone was like, whoa, this is... So are they putting the clamps on Diddy? Is that the point? Or they don't like the idea that Diddy's 
going public in the US. Well, so here's the here's the salacious background according to this Wall Street Journal article that I, I read. like salacious background. Salacious. It's the only movies I watch. And they're the only type of stories you're going to hear on the Kamut Summer Edition, salacious ones. So apparently Chinese officials prior to the IPO had urged Diddy to delay the IPO because they wanted to do some due diligence. It's all data and regulation related. Obviously, we're talking about tech regulation a lot lately. And it was a similar thing in that the Chinese government was thinking basically, well, you have the information on half a billion Chinese citizens, their whereabouts, where they're going, all this stuff that they were starting to be concerned the same way that we're concerned about Facebook and Google having our information. Supposedly, China was worried about the same stuff with Diddy. So apparently what Diddy had done was told Beijing officials, cool, cool, no worries. While they're over in the United States saying, we have the green light from Beijing, we're good to go. Let's IPO this bitch. Much to the Beijing government's chagrin, Diddy's gone ahead and forced through this IPO very quickly. Not to go into too much detail, but normally an IPO roadshow takes about 10 business days. They did this in three. Everything was done very quickly. So what it looks like with China making this announcement a few days after the IPO is they're pissed at Diddy. Bigger news, just two days ago, Monday, July 12, China's cyberspace administration notified app stores, so like Apple, Android, all them, to remove all of the ride-hailing companies' apps from their app stores. Basically- All of Diddy's apps? All of Diddy's apps. They have a bunch of other apps as well. That other, they've bought up like other ride-sharing? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And like even technically, Uber still exists in China, but it's owned by Diddy. Oh, wow. Okay. So they've chopped them off at their knees, told all the app stores to remove all of the apps from their stores and have massively screwed Diddy right now. So is this just purely because they're not willing to play ball with China? What's known usually in China is that you get big, you become a big tech firm or you become any big firm and then you kind of have to pay your your, your kickback or in, in one way, shape or form back to the Chinese government. Is this because Diddy decided not to play ball? Yes and no. So there's a, there's a few elements to this. One element is for the same reasons that countries like the US and EU and Australia have tried to stop Huawei from selling their Chinese goods for, for national security reasons, because they're worried that their tech is going to spy on us. It's a similar thing that the Chinese government is supposedly worried that the US government, through its regulations, could force Diddy to open up their That's books. what it is. Yeah, I was trying to work out, like because it's still a Chinese company, but they're worried that because Diddy's going public in the US, the US will have a hold on them. They're not a huge fan of Diddy going... Pl- oh, wow. Okay, so that's what it is. Yeah, but this isn't new. So Ant Group which is the parent company for Alibaba, which is essentially the Amazon of China. They tried to IPO earlier in the year and China shut that down. So it's a, it's a mix of worries that the US government is going to you know, pull some state information from China, but also just China trying to control its tech companies. Because one of the things that they do, the reason why these Chinese companies can actually list in the US is they're not even privately held in China. They have these holding companies that are international that allow them to do this. So what analysts think is that China's trying to shut all of that down to get the companies to actually be operated within China so they can have greater control over them. Yeah. Wow. I think that's always been the case with a lot of Chinese companies. You either have to play ball or get out of town. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing that's for sure. I'm not going to be investing in any Chinese companies anytime soon that list in America. Apparently, 
The Chinese tech giants, the various ones, have lost over $800 billion in value since February, just off the back of all of this regulation and crackdowns that the Chinese government's doing. Fewer billionaires. What's going on with the other billionaires, though? The ones that are that don't have the concerns of the earth. What a really lovely segue, Ruben. And I'm glad you asked. So just this past Sunday, Virgin Galactic went to space. Richard Branson. Actually, I love Richard Branson. He's a likable billionaire. He's very likable. Jeff Bezos, I could take him or leave him. But Branson, I'm a fan. He's got a really incredible story. Anyway, Virgin Galactic did its first space mission on Sunday that actually took civilians. It took Richard Branson and a few other people. Can I ask a question on behalf of all of our listeners? When people think Virgin Galactic, this isn't going... Like, when we say into space, is it like sort of low Earth orbit? So, this is where it's kind of hilarious. This was called a suborbital mission because... An orbital mission is when you go into orbit, you'll stay up in space for a few days. What Virgin Galactic did was they flew up 50 miles into the air, 80 kilometers, a little bit over, and spent a few minutes up there in a weightless environment, weightlessness, where you could float around like a legend, and then they came back down. Why this is noteworthy, because we know people have been going to space for a while. We know billionaires have been trying to go to space. The reason why Sunday was very interesting is because if you watch the telecast, it was all a giant sales pitch. Instead of it being T minus 30 minutes, we're checking these engines, these engines are going to do this, blah, blah. It was literally a sales pitch. It was hosted by Stephen Colbert, which I loved. It was hilarious. When they landed, they had a live performance by the performer Khalid, who debuted a new song that hadn't been heard before. The entire telecast, when they were up in space, like 50 miles up, there was someone narrating the video who's like, and now the spaceship is going to turn to the side and all of the windows in the spaceship are going to face back down to Earth. So you could see this really awesome view of Earth because right. so Earth it, it, is it's awesome. An ad. Yeah, it's an ad. And by the way, none of our astronauts have helmets. How cool is that? You know, like it was a whole, it was incredible. Did it sound like that? It didn't sound All like right. that. I started with like an Australian accent and then, and then it went like kind of American. Girl. Then there was Valley Girl and it was, it was, it was all over the place. But that's how ridiculous it was, or it felt ridiculous because we always see space as this huge international government thing that's done for science and blah, 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 and dick swinging, let's call it between countries, but now it's a sales pitch. And I tell you what, I can't afford a ticket and I don't think you could at the moment. I think they're going to be like a quarter of a million dollars a ticket, but it was 100% an advertisement, which was incredible. In my head, going to space means I want you to get me right next to the space station. Mm. That's going to space. Like going up for a minute, I get it's cool, but it's not like I want to be in space yeah. for like prolonged periods of time. So that's some of the commentary that's happening now is like, is it really space? I don't know, but we'll just leave it with this. That's also such an internet thing. Is it really space? <laughs> There's literally articles all over the place that are like, Richard Branson didn't go to space. And this is a perfect segue to Blue Origin, which is the company that Jeff Bezos owns. They tweeted this, and I'm just going to read it out. And their rocket ship is called the New Shepard. From the beginning, New Shepard was designed to fly above the Kármán line, so none of our astronauts have an asterisk next to their name. For 96% of the world's population, space begins 100 kilometers up at the internationally recognized Kármán line. 
And I was just like, it's, it's such an unnecessary flex, right? Are you <laughs> kidding me? It's, it's such an incredible feat to just go up in even 50, 50 miles or 50, yeah. whatever it is. Just be like, yeah, uh, we're going up 100. Yeah. It's like, hey, we're at 82 kilometers. Really? Talk to me when you're at 100. <laughs> anyway. So when's Basil's going up? Next week. That's the other thing. This story just has so much salaciousness to it in that- Blue Origin first announced July 20 they'd be flying. So after that announcement, Richard Branson was like, fuck you, July 12, July 11 or whatever it was, I'm going the week before you. So it's a massive dick swinging contest, which is hilarious. Wow. I wonder when Musk goes up next. I think he might actually go in the Virgin Galactic one soon. Oh, really? He's not going to do on his own one? I think he put a ticket. Apparently, like a bunch of people have put a $10,000 deposit down. How's Elon not going to go on his own spaceship? Good question. But it's like if you had a nice car, you'd still drive in your friend's nice car. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And it probably is like probably incredibly costly. All right, Rubes, enough on that. What's last? Sports. What a week of sport. It actually was a week of like most sporting events. Uh, We had Wimbledon. We had the Euro finals. We had basketball. Let's start with maybe the European Championship finals. Over the weekend on Sunday evening, millions of English hearts were dashed. Why? It's because the European final between Italy and England went to penalties after sort of 120 hard-fought minutes. And like many penalty shootouts before them, England unfortunately came short and Italy ended up lifting the trophy. It was a very, very successful tournament and the most successful tournament for England for 50-something years. But like like always, the media is obviously on them now for, for not winning and there's been a, a bit of ugliness that's happened off the back of this, uh, which is racial, which we're not going to talk about here because I don't want to give it so much, too much credence. But that was uh, definitely what happened. If you, In case you missed it, which you probably didn't because you would have heard it from all your English mates. But uh, unfortunately, they did fall short and Italy have uh, European champions. What's kind of exciting about this whole thing is that stadiums had people in them there was a great atmosphere to the games and there's a lot of other sport going on we're in the middle of the nba finals right now can you give me the quick the quick nba finals update what's who's in it what's going on the greek freak Giannis antetokounmpo who plays for the bucks they're playing the phoenix suns upstart who didn't even make the playoffs last year they got chris paul and they got a couple of young really good players and, this is a dumb and, question this is it these are the finals this is the final right and it's the Phoenix Suns versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks, yeah. The Suns are up 2-1. By the time this airs tomorrow, game four would have happened. It's been a great series. Honestly, I didn't watch any basketball in the bubble because just not having the crowds sucked. So like now that the crowd's back and now that I've found a website, that'll allow me to replay the West Coast games the next morning. Uh, it's been really great. I'm personally very happy for Chris Paul because he's been one of my favorite players for the longest time. And it's his first trip to the NBA Finals. He's a bona fide Hall of Famer no matter what happens this year, but his first trip to the Finals. And at age 36, and he's been vegan for two years, he's playing his best basketball ever. And it's really been awesome to watch. I right. should, get, should get on it. Wimbledon also wrapped up. And as you know, the sun sets and the sun rises, Novak Djokovic went, wins again at a tennis major. You know what's funny? All I cared about and all I paid attention to was the fact that Ash Barty, an Australian, won the female title for the first time in 50 years or something crazy like that. I didn't even bother to see who won in the men's. So there's a lot of chat about you know, men's sports being more popular than women's sports. And, and tennis has always been the one where it's easier to say you could- like both genders or both sexes or whatever you want to call it. 
but for the first time ever, I never even bothered to see. This is news to me. You saying it right now. I didn't even know Djokovic won because I like Ash Barty won. How good's that? Turn the TV off. Move Ash on. Barty. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Djokovic did win. Ash Barty did win. And then I guess finally UFC Conor McGregor's fight uh, after a while happened on Sunday night. Was it Saturday night? Sunday. Saturday night? night. That's the first time I ever watched the UFC, and he broke his ankle. It was gruesome. And he lost. And I think that's all that needs to be said about that, it. That is all that needs to be said. Yeah. Let's finish, Rubes, on our summer loving note. Because we love summer. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, I don't know the rest of the lyrics. <laughs> I just know that bit. Had you a blast? There, there you go. Happened so fast? There you go. Met a girl? There you go. Crazy for you? Well, we're two guys. We're crazy for each other. My summer loving bit, Rubes, I'm just going to jump into it. In season one, we interviewed Brittany Brindle, who's a manager of The Breakers, which is a bar here in here in New York, in Brooklyn, and after a solid 15 months of silence and closure from there, they magically opened two weeks ago. So that's my summer love and peace is the Breakers is back, guys. And Breakers is back. If you're in Williamsburg, get down there. If you're in Manhattan, get down there. If you're in the tri-state area, get down there. Pittsburgh, yes. If you're in Milwaukee, you get down there as well. Rubes, what say you we end this and we go down there right now? Let's. All right. Thanks, buddy. Cheers, mate. 